0: a place where Jesus is showing his disciples his hands and his side. I'll bet that somewhere on one of these crosses that scene is depicted, or at least on a stained glass window somewhere. Kelly, you can go ahead. This is just in a graveyard. Um, I don't know that it has has this uh, Celtic-influenced whorls and scrolls there. Then the next one. Okay, this is in Peoria. Do you know where this is? Um, I was walking out of OSF uh, Wednesday morning, and um, I had a sleep study. Well, I didn't sleep that well. I did sleep, but not, not real soundly. And so, you know, I wasn't feeling the best. And then this is in the walkway. As you go out to the north parking deck and there was the sunrise. it was so beautiful. I thought this was just what a treat and it made it all worthwhile. Thank you. I asked Deb this week for examples of needing to touch something to believe it is real. well her one of her answers was uh, a mother giving birth to a newborn now uh, this uh, baby is real but not completely real so after birth mother will reach out her hand and touch this child examine the hands and feet and the hair and say yeah i can be your mom you know Um, so this is uh uh, touches and bonding Um, in our text today jesus invites touch connection to the true vine Jesus, please stand in our middle, in the middle of our assembly this morning. Holy Spirit, please illumine this text and bring well-being and peace. So in this text, uh, Mary Magdalene has just recognized Jesus, and the same day, Easter Day, continues. Now you have this printed in your bulletin. Refer to that, please. Now, while it was evening on that day, the first of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were on account of the fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood in the middle and said to them, Peace to you. And after saying this, he showed his hands and sighed to them. Then the disciples rejoiced after seeing the Lord. Very important to not read the fourth gospel in an anti Semitic way. Remember that Mary and Martha and Jesus and his followers were all Judeans, or Jews. Some of the Judeans, a very few, the high priestly family, families, the Sadducees who ran the temple along with Pilate, may have been out to arrest Jesus' followers, but not the common people, so be careful how you read Fourth Gospel. The doors locked may also reflect some friction between John's community when this gospel was written, much and and the synagogue much later when this gospel was written in the first century. And we need to be careful not to read John in too otherworldly a fashion, a bit too nice for the real world. Early on, John was popular with those who didn't think God would ever become a human being with flesh, Or those who emphasized, and this is related, emphasized Jesus' divinity way too much. It helps us a bit to compare John's account with a parallel in Luke. In John's account, the disciples rejoice immediately. In Luke's parallel account, all the disciples are terrified and full of fear, disturbed, amazed, and unbelieving at first, uncertain, questioning, We assume this changed some when Jesus ate the baked fish in the Luke count. Well, here in John, the locked doors and Jesus showing his wounds and inviting touch bring the text back down to earth. And the related text of 1 John helps. 1 John, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This morning, our work on MCC newborn kits, uh, we're continuing, starting to collect items for these infant care kits. Our communion together, bread, juice, and our greeting one another a bit later, reaching out. These flesh out the text for us. They embody it for us. Continuing, then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Just as the father sent me out, I am also, I also am sending you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you cancel the sins of any, they have been forgiven for them. If you hold in place the sins of any, they have been held in place. So in John, here the disciples don't have to wait till Pentecost when they are clothed with power from on high, as in the Luke-Acts text. But remember that Jesus was present at Pentecost. Where the Holy Spirit is present, Jesus is present. Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on his disciples and gives them the authority to let sins lying or to hold them. Jesus has already demonstrated this in his foot-washing of the disciples, which is cleansing from accumulated sins. So continuing with our text, but Thomas, one of the twelve, the one who was named Didymus, or twin, was not with them when Jesus appeared. So the other disciples began telling him, we saw the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and put my fingers into the place of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And eight days later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. After the doors had been locked, Jesus came and stood in the middle and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving but believing. Thomas spoke up and said to him, My Lord and my God. So put. Bring, reach out your finger and hand. See my hands and examine my side. Be believing, be faithful. There are two verbs here. One of them is like move your hand or move your fingers. Out, reach out. The other one has the sense of examining. So put your hand out and and examine and see. This encounter with Thomas is unique in John. This resurrection appearance is found only in the fourth gospel. So is the reference to Jesus' side, the word from which we get our English word, pleura. Luke uses the words hands and feet, flesh and bones and touch. So Thomas knew that Jesus' side had been pierced. And Thomas is presented here, I think, as a good and independent thinker. Earlier he asked, a good question. Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He had this question earlier, which is a good question. His absence a week earlier is unexplained. I think he's trying to understand here. He's examining, assessing. The word doubt is not used in John's account of Jesus' appearance to Thomas. The word here is unbelieving or without faith. So Thomas made up his mind here and took a stand. Doubt to me means more of a chronic uh, internal debate, uh, arguing, not being able to make up your mind. That's not really uh, the way Thomas is presented here in John. So whether we rejoice immediately or need to personally see and reach out like Thomas, were at first fearful and terrified, and then questioning and amazed at something too good to be true, as in Luke's account of all the disciples, all is well. So peace to all. When I was visiting at OSF, I was actually uh, Marilyn Shepherd was in the ER. You know how this circular hall down in OSF Emergency Department. And Bob was outside. I was sitting with him and a lady whose uncle was in the next room. She asked me, does God send angels to help you when you are dying? She was convinced that was the case based on experiences she had when a family member spoke to persons in the room whom this lady couldn't see. My overall answer to that question was yes. My experience, I can remember one experience, a lady dying when Jesus' name was mentioned. Her her face lit up. Yes, she could see Jesus, I think. Sure. Anyway, have you ever been in an otherworldly space or place Ever been in a place like that? John's gospel invites us into such a place, inviting us to be born anew from above. Do you remember Nicodemus? There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to him at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come a teacher from God. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I am saying to you, if anyone is not begotten from above, he or she is not able to experience the kingdom of God. If someone is not begotten out of water and spirit, he or she is not capable to enter into the kingdom of God. So the disciples here are born anew from above by the Holy Spirit. John's gospel invites us to be open to the Holy Spirit, to this space where we are close to God to be close to Jesus, to be connected. This is eternal life, or life without end. And we are invited to humility. I think to ask the question about a physical resurrection is somewhat arrogant. It implies we understand the physical. Remember that particle physicists do not understand the makeup of matter, for instance, what this is made of what we call the physical. If you're interested, Google the Hadron, H-A-D-R-O-N, Accelerator. This is the world's biggest machine under the border of Switzerland and France. In an article in the Peoria Journal Star yesterday, the universe is expanding more rapidly than previously thought. This requires new thinking, maybe a new particle. One of the Nobel Prize winners quoted in this article said that we may, we may be making or the particle physicists and this is wonderful, this physics is wonderful may be making mistakes we can't find yet, or perhaps nature has something we can't find yet. This has been the quest ever since the earliest philosophers to try to understand what things are made of. We don't. In my opinion, reality is spiritual. And our good flesh and bones, bodies, and the earth, the good earth that uh, farmers are going to be working soon, these are part of a wonderful spiritual reality. Thomas's response is the one Jesus wants us to make too. My Lord and my God. Both words are significant. Don't be startled and fearful too long as the disciples in Luke reach out and believe. But what is the grace in this text for us? I think if we, being born again, receive the Holy Spirit and cancel one another's sins, if we love one another as Jesus loves us, then we will have wounds. And I think it's worth it. If we receive eternal life, then we have perspective. We breathe in Jesus' peace. We can hold certain things like money, for instance. Although money is important, we can maybe hold that a bit lightly. we know that we will recognize Jesus like Mary and the disciples. We have hope. We have life with Jesus now. We heard about this hope last week during our service. There is Eric and other voices that contributed. We continue to meet and receive the Holy Spirit in our baptism class, we talk about two early church leaders, uh, Justin Martyr writing 150 to 160, and St. Irenaeus. This is, he's a little bit later, but still in the second century. And um, this is, I'm going to share this. I think it's something that I like. Justin here is writing to the Roman government on behalf of Christians, justice for the Christians. And he describes an early church gathering in the second century. And in our baptism class, we taught, well, what are we doing here on Sunday? Why are we here? It he says, henceforward, we constantly remind one another of these things. The rich among us come to the aid of the poor, and we always stay together. For all the favors we enjoy, we bless the creator of all through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. On the day which is called Sunday, we have a common assembly of all who live in the cities or in the outlying districts, and the memoirs of the apostles. For him, this would have been Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John was included as a canonical gospel uh, by Irenaeus, who came from Asia Minor, where John was a little, this gospel was a little more was popular, but... Anyway, Justin here, the memoirs, of the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as there's time. Then when the reader is finished, the president, president of the assembly verbally admonishes and invites all to imitate such examples of virtue. Then we all stand up together and offer up our prayers. And as we said before, after we finish our prayers, bread and wine and water are presented. He who presides likewise offers up prayers and thanksgivings to the best of his ability, and the people express their approval by saying amen. The Eucharistic elements are distributed and consumed by those present, and to those who are absent they are sent through the deacons. The wealthy, if they wish, contribute whatever they desire, and the collection is placed in the custody of the president. With it he helps the orphans and widows, those who are needy because of sickness or any other reason, and the captives and strangers in our midst. In short, he takes care of all those in need, Sunday, indeed, is a day on which we all all hold our common assembly because it is the first day on which God, transforming the darkness and prime matter, created the world. And our Savior Jesus Christ arose from the dead on the same day. For they crucified him on the day before that of Saturn, the word Saturday, and on the day after, which is Sunday, he appeared to his apostles and disciples and taught them the things which we have passed on to you also for consideration. This is from the middle of the second century. So this is, what, 1,900 years later. Does this sound familiar? Is this what we're doing? Sounds familiar today. We're gathering on Jesus' resurrection day. Finally, in our text, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are the ones not seeing and yet believing. Indeed, Jesus also did many other miracles in the presence of his disciples, which have not been recorded in this book. But these have been recorded in order that you might believe and that trusting you might have life by means of his name. This word belief, this verb belief, an adjective believing Is used a number of times here. Uh, It means means believing, having faith. It also uh, means trusting. Believe in that trusting you might have life by means of his name. Seeing on more than one level is important in John. We could almost say, blessed are the ones not seeing and yet seeing. That's us by the Holy Spirit, it's by a gift. So we see, and then we reach out our hands for the bread and juice, and we eat. We reach out and greet each other with peace, we prepare MCC kits, and we believe and trust. Peace be with you. Peace to you. Now we're going to bring our thanksgivings to God. Someone will have the microphone. I would invite you to share an example of God's boundless goodness. Briefly share this. I would just like to express my gratefulness for the wonderful way in which our community and the other churches in the area have supported our food pantry. And it's not just financially, we're in good shape there, but the wonderful dedicated volunteers that come week after week to help uh, serve those who have needs in the community. And I just, I think God has blessed this ministry Mm -hmm. through the people is another way we embody uh, Jesus' presence. David Ewart. Thank you. Last Saturday, we spent some quality time with our two sons in the Minneapolis area. Particularly, I had asked some of you to pray that I would be able to listen to my older sons talk about his Faith journey without passing judgment, and I was given that grace to listen to him. Amen. I'm grateful for that. Praise God. Thank you. Carrie Rao.
1: Last Saturday, our, uh, our immediate family had the opportunity to be up at Hungry World Farm, um, celebrating the, the good work Stefan's doing up there. And there were two uh, twin goats that were born that morning. And it was just such a gift to see new life um, on the farm and um, just to see all of the plants that are coming up and his care in tending, tending the earth. I know many people in this congregation are committed to that work as well. So just praising, praising God for new life.
0: Amen. Thank you. Twins are always special. Too. Gary
1: Garber Gary and I have been on a journey since January 1, and I am just so thankful that Gary is in the spot he is today. God has been good to us, and he has brought him healing through several surgeries, and he's continuing to get strength each day, and I am just so, so thankful for the spot we are today and thankful for all of you surrounding us at this time. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sherry. Praise God. Keith Noy? No. Kelly. Kelly Phantom?
1: This will seem like a rather odd thing to say, but there's um, we're surrounded by a little bit of death right now. My One of my favorite relatives, Mama Mary, passed yesterday and one of our college friends has one month to live. But we are thankful for the gift of life. And Mark and I were just um, talking about the miracle of new life. As we look in our church about all the, the new life that is coming, um, we're just we're grateful. And um, that's it. We're just yes. grateful for our, our friends and family.
0: So Amen. Thank you.
1: It's just a blessing for me. Um, The past several Easter's, I've had a big family gathering. And um, this past Sunday, um, it was just a joy just to have it. Just Michael, myself, and Jeremy, and we just went to have some uh, supper over at um, Red Robin's and East Peoria, and then we just enjoyed the rest of the evening together. And it was just a blessing just to have a chance of just being with just the, those two. But um it's it is a joy when families do get together and have a celebration.
0: Praise God, thank you. Um I just wanna
1: Uh, along with, (coughs) excuse me, the food pantry, what a blessing it is that Snack Pack was started. It's now in its 10th year, and I can't believe how far it has spread, so I really thank God that we have had so many volunteers that have helped me and donations of money, and uh, along with this, I want to mention a that tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock we'll be packing again, and this will be our last one for this school year. So um, we would welcome your help. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Praise God. All of these are ways we reach out and hands and touch. Stay connected. Let's continue to pray. Friends. Lord, you are our strength and our might. You have become our salvation. Thank you for your steadfast love shown in Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the shalom you accomplish. Well-being, welfare. You have heard our praises. Thank you for your goodness beyond measure, your boundless goodness. Please bring healing and peace and guidance to those journeying with pain or uncertainty and health issues, for those grieving. I want to pray for a request that Anna gave me earlier for a great-grandson, one-year-old, of her neighbor who was at OSF, in ICU after an accident. We pray for healing. We pray for this family. We pray for peace in your world. Pray for wisdom for world leaders and justice for the poor and needy. Please bless our friends worshiping in the churches we partner with in Columbia today, this morning. Pray for their well-being and flourishing. Also give our congregation wisdom and perspective. In discernment as we have our business meeting today. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, we will use our hands. We will reach out to you this week and receive your peace. Thank you for your faithfulness, even in pain and death, for taking up carrying sin in your body to the cross for sin's condemnation and removal. Love's victory, even in an unjust death freeing us of charges for forgiving us. Now prepare our hearts as a community, your body to receive bread and juice together. Give us peace and trust. We believe you will work things out for us. Let's pray together with Jesus, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done